Welcome to PwC's Tax Reform Readiness podcast series. This podcast is an excerpt from PwC's Tax Reform Readiness webcast series held on February 28, 2018, focusing on the impact of tax reform on human capital investments and mobility. The panelists for the webcast were Scott Olson, a PwC tax partner and co-leader of our people and organization practice, Julie Barron, a PwC tax partner focusing on global mobility, Cindy Frederigo, a PwC tax partner focusing on employee benefits and compensation, and Craig O'Donnell, a PwC tax partner also focusing on employee benefits and compensation. This podcast excerpt consists of a discussion between Scott, Julie, and Craig focusing on the general implications of tax reform on employers and mobile employees, including equalization and policies. So let's jump into it. And um, Julie, I think as we talk about mobile workforces, um, this is one place where the corporate issues and the individual issues kind of come together because you've got the impact of um, changing in taxes in terms of how companies are are rewarding their globally mobile employees. And depending on inbound or outbound, they're gonna have some differences in the implications at the individual level as well. So maybe you can help guide us through that here. That's right, Scott, thank you very much. So we're gonna talk a little bit about, as Scott said, what the corporate implications are for employers, as well as what the individual implications are for your mobile employees. So just to frame it all out, um, if you look at, there's two different factors that really affect what the results may be for your mobile population. And just to rehash some of the individual uh, implications there, obviously the tax rates changed for individuals. Um, Personal exemptions were eliminated. Um, Standard deductions were increased. Um, They've limited the deductions that you can get for state and local income taxes as well as real estate taxes, which has been a big big issue for many people in higher tax states. Um, If you follow politics at all, you'll have noticed all of the um, protests from those higher tax states. Um, They've limited the mortgage interest deduction for future purchases of homes. Um, They've limited a lot of the miscellaneous deductions that used to be deductible. Uh, Moving expenses, which we'll talk about in more detail in a little while, um, are no longer deductible and are included in compensation for you when you pay for your employees. And then there's a a variety of other issues for, um, for individuals. And when you're thinking about your mobile workforce, how do you figure out what all those changes mean to your workforce and as far as your corporate expenses? And you have to look at some of the demographics of your workforce. And the things to look at are, are you equalizing your people? So if you are equalizing your people, that means that the, their tax burden can become your tax burden. So depending on if you're inbound or outbound, um, will also create issues for trying to figure out what does this really mean to you as far as a company and an employer. Let me stop you there for one second, yep. just to make sure we're clear on terminology. You mentioned equalizing. Equalizing, and you in, yep. And mentioned inbound and outbound. Maybe just really quickly give us a little bit of a, a lesson here on what sure. those things mean. So equalizing basically means that when you send someone to another country, they pay tax as if they'd never left that country. So they pay a home-based tax. So if I'm a U.S. expat and I go to London, I don't pay the U.K. tax. I pay a U.S. tax, but my employer takes care of that tax for me, Great. that U.K. tax. Okay. Um, inbound and outbound, we're basically referring to people into the U.S. as inbound and people out of the U.S. as outbound. Great. Well, it always helps to have that little yes. bit of explanation <laughs> when I hear it, so thank you. Yep. 
Um, obviously, a big factor in figuring out what your costs are are the range of income. So if your average salary is $100,000 because you've got a fleet of engineers doing things overseas, that might be different from if you are in financial services and you're paying people an average of 750000 a year. Mm -hmm. So that obviously is a big factor. Um, home states, as we mentioned before, the um, state and local income taxes have a limitation on how much you can deduct now, so that's going to be a big factor. And then obviously um, ownership of real property. So what the results, if you put those things together, are that your um, the costs and perhaps the savings can vary from person to person, from demographic to demographic. So each company really needs to look at their particular circumstances and figure that out. Great. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about outbound in particular. Um, and outbound, again, are equalized back to the U.S. So when we refer to outbound, we are really thinking, I'm a U.S. person and I'm going out to another country. And we'll start over here on the right in high-tax countries. So if you remember that... Um, Part of tax reform was changing corporate tax to be a territorial system. That didn't happen for individuals. Unfortunately, U.S. citizens still pay tax on their worldwide earnings no matter where they live. So if I'm a U.S. person and I've gone to a high-tax country, I'm always going to pay the higher of the two tax rates. And if I'm still in that high-tax country, let's take the U.K. for example again. Their tax rate is 45%. Well, just because my U.S. taxes have decreased, that doesn't mean I'm paying less globally. And if I'm one of those equalized people that we talked about, that means that my overall costs, which are borne by my company, are going to increase because I may, as an individual, have a lower hypothetical liability, right? Because um, all of the surveys and everything say about 90% of people will see a reduction in their personal taxes. So if I'm one of those lucky people who gets my taxes lowered, but my actual worldwide tax is staying the same, that means my company has to pay that difference. So good news so becomes bad news. Good news becomes, company, oh right, the, the individuals are happy, they have a tax savings, the company's not so happy right. because they have an increased cost. On the other hand, if you're in lower tax countries, again, you're paying the higher of the two, you're going to pay the higher rate. So if you're in a country like Hong Kong that has a nice low tax rate of 15%, your actual company costs may be decreasing if the, low, if the higher rate was actually the U.S. rate. So that's good news. Um, for your inbound employees, um, most inbound employees no longer pay a tax in their home co country. They're coming to the U.S. They're only paying a U.S. tax. So you have a very different situation. And again, if 90% of those people's taxes actually decrease, you may see a reduction in your overall costs as an employer. Um, however, because of the loss of personal exemptions and some other nuances of inbound employees, it's possible that in the first year and the last year of their residency in the U.S., they actually may see an increase in their tax liabilities. Um, one small thing in the tax code that will affect our inbound uh, foreign nationals is, um, as you can see, there's an example on the bottom. So if you have an employee who has two kids, they are paying at the 25% tax rate at $200,000 of income. Last year, they were able to claim two personal exemptions for their children. And the tax savings on that was about $2,000, a little over $2,000, because they get to claim those exemptions. Well, as we said before, personal exemptions are gone. Mm. Um, and in place of personal exemptions, there is now a child tax credit, which is great. So now most people will see um, at lower income levels, under about $400,000, will get to see a $2,000 per child tax credit. However, the law states that in order to claim that for uh, that child tax credit, 
you have to have a social security number. And foreign nationals are not eligible for social security numbers. So we will see an increase in those taxes, so they will no longer get any kind of tax benefit for their mm. children, for the foreign nationals. So in the past, where we spent a lot of time making sure people had taxpayer identification numbers and all kinds of things that may not be worth it anymore. Okay. So what does this all mean as far as quantifying the company's costs? So what you really need to do is spend some time reviewing your calculations. You need to go through and say, okay, have my hypothetical taxes for all of my employees changed, and therefore I need to change what I'm withholding from them every month? Um, have my overall costs changed? So again, we're gonna see the spread increase for those of people in higher tax countries. So do I need to change my accruals and really adjust what I'm accruing for for future expenses? Um, do I need to look at my inbound employees' costs and really say, okay, maybe that's gone down and decrease those accruals? Maybe I have people in the U.S. on net packages. So I'm an inbound person. I get a guaranteed net. Maybe I need to adjust what I'm paying them on gross basis so that they're not netting more maybe than they were used to uh, netting before. Um, so you really need to work with your payroll providers. You need to figure out when you're going to do this. Do you do it now? Do you wait until maybe you're giving merit increases in March or April? Um, when are you going to make all of these adjustments? And when are you going to do all of these calculations to make sure that you're accruing correctly and also withholding correctly? Well, I heard you say a couple times there talking about um, payroll. Mm -hmm. and obviously a key issue for this mobile population. But, Craig, maybe you can speak to some of the broader payroll implications. I know a lot of our clients are dealing with them right now, right, because we're already mm -hmm. two months into the year. But, but what are we seeing um, around some of the payroll and practical issues? Yeah, so this has been a lot of fun for the payroll professionals at our clients. They've had to deal with this at the busiest time of the year. So right when they were dealing with year-end reporting, they had to deal with all the complications of the, and the uncertainty of this new bill. Just to give an example, one of the things they had to deal with was that the supplemental withholding rates were uncertain to start out in January. Mm -hmm. And so in the first couple of weeks, people didn't know what to withhold on supplemental pay items. And that's particularly important for equity comp and other types of supplemental pay because it can cause all these accounting issues. Right. Thankfully, the IRS came out with a notice, 1036, that gave guidance on what the supplemental rates are, 22% for income below a million dollars and 37% for income above a million dollars. So a lot of that confusion has gone away. Okay. And now that we're two months in, I think it's getting a little bit better. Um, but there'll still be a lot of things to deal with. And we're going to go through a lot of fringe benefit items and moving expenses and things that the payroll folks at our clients are going to have to react to. Great. Julie, let's talk about policies. Um, you've talked about a lot of the what I'll call um, kind of technical issues that need to be right. done and cost considerations. How is that beginning to, um, to migrate towards policy reviews? Well, people really need to make sure while they're adjusting some calculations that they're doing it in line with their policies and seeing whether they actually need to update some of their policies to make sure that they aren't, don't have specific words in the policy that could cost them some money okay. um, and that are still being fair given the new tax law. Right, so it's a, the administration of the policy as well as the policy itself, given exactly. given the, the, some of the administrative changes. So, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Let's go on and talk a little bit more about policies. So, yeah. what what's going on, and what should people be doing beyond what you just talked about? Right. So, as I said, the um, policies that you have in place may not reflect what the current tax law is, and you need to make sure that there's nothing in that policy that would either cost you additional money or be unfair to the employees. So a lot of our, we've seen policies where it would say that you have a standard percentage that you get as an itemized deduction. 
uh, based on your salary. So let's say 15% of your salary is assumed to be an itemized deduction in your equalization. Mm -hmm. um, well, that may not be a good percentage anymore, given that state and local income taxes are no longer deductible. So you may want to revisit that just to make sure that you've got the right kind of percentage in your policies. Um, the other thing is that you want to make sure that the wording doesn't say that people would get a deduction for a hypothetical state liability uh, when actually under state tax law, that's no longer, right. uh, you know, that's not going to be a real deduction anymore. So you just need to make sure your policies have the right wording that can be adjusted for the new tax laws. Okay. Given the, uh, all the deductions that have gone away. Um, and while you're at it, you might as well look at your broader policies, right? And making sure that just because of tax reform, you're not adjusting just for what's changed in taxes, but maybe just looking and making sure that you are current with your policy. That um, if you look at your competitors, are they paying their people like you're paying their people? Are they equalizing people as you're equalizing people. So maybe you want to say, maybe we need to give different packages to our people. So it may be a good time given tax reform while you're already changing your policies for other things. Maybe you need to be looking at your broader policies to say, hey, we could really adjust this to make it more current mm -hmm. and to make sure that we're competitive in the marketplace. So kind of a good catalyst just to take a, a good overall review yes. of things. Exactly. Um, maybe along those lines too, right? We may be seeing employee centers shifting a little bit, you know, from either to different states or to, or to different countries, manufacturing, supply chain, etc. So there's that broader issue right. that comes with that as well. Absolutely. Um, so just some things to think about while you are looking at your mobile population. You really need to coordinate with finance and tax. So as we talked about before, we need to adjust accruals and make sure that we've got the right costs anticipated. So work with your finance and your tax folks to make sure that you've got all of that covered. Um, we're going to talk again about moving expenses, but there's some big changes to the way moving expenses are taxed. So make sure you're accruing for that. Um, tax planning, so if you have some senior executives, let's say, moving into the U.S. and you can decide which state they might live in. Maybe they don't want to choose New York City anymore, which can be a very expensive location. Um, now that that state tax won't be deductible, it'll cost you more to live in New York City than it used to. Um, and then, as, as uh, Scott mentioned a second ago, the broader implications of, you know, as you're looking at your policies and as corporate tax for reform takes hold, where are your people going to be? And will you see a different workforce in the future because of corporate tax reform and where people will be located? Great. We really appreciate you joining and, and listening to us um, share some information about the human capital issues. We'll look forward to seeing you all again next week on our tax reform readiness series. Thanks very much.